Welcome to episode 368 of Texing, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, or as my dad used to call me, uh, Justin. <laughs> Justin. Justin. Justin Vincenti. I don't know why. Okay. <laughs> but, um, and then also Jason Roberts, who um, is the magnanimous, excellent, terrific, very uh, deep-brained and smart, and soon to be extremely successful, oh, Jason Roberts. On. Oh, come on. <laughs> we, 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 we really... I. We have to go straight into the Math Academy stuff okay. because there's there's been so much movement on it, and I'm so I'm very excited for you. Well, thank you. Um, Appreciate and that. So 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 let's just talk through what's happened in the last, I guess, week. Well, first of all, it's really funny because the Math Academy channel on the disc on the on the texting Discord has been kind of really active and kind of blowing oh, yeah. up, and it was it was after Sandy started posting some of the numbers of our new subscribers coming in as a result of um, a comment that uh, one of our listeners and one of the Math Academy users posted on a on Hacker News, right? It was just a comment to some other post. And that's, that generated a bunch of, of signups. And, and these are not just free signups. These are, you know, $50 a month accounts. And um, as, as the numbers continue to rise, <laughs> you could tell the, 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 the whole channel was like, what the hell? Everybody's like, it was. It was almost a point. Like, let's go. Everybody's like, <laughs> everybody's like. I told Sandy, I was like, I think they're about ready to launch us. Like, you better watch out because we're gonna find ourselves on Product Hunt or something else. I'm they, telling they, you, you'll get like seriously. You need to just, you need to be careful, man. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> let's go. That's what it felt like. I was like, damn. Like, Sandy's like, everybody, just keep your pants on. Like. <laughs> Just you know, I was I was trying to think of like a like a mental thing about what I'm feeling about Math Academy, and I, I, I okay, here's here's my my visual for you, my an- mm-hmm. analogy, right? Or I don't know if it's an analogy, but what what do you call those things? Like it's a metaphor, metaphor. I don't know. Anyway, like okay, look, it's like it's like you you're 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 a professional uh, pool player, right? You've been setting up this trick shot, okay, and you've like. You know this trick shot. You know those trick shots where they place the balls all around the table on every corner, mm-hmm. and it's like they they carefully place them. They carefully place them, and then they've got the white ball. And then all they got to do is hit the white ball. Hit the white ball. Then every fucking ball goes in the pocket. But they're just not hitting the white ball. Why aren't you hitting the white? And ball? You're just sitting it's there. Like, and you're like, I don't know if this is gonna work, man. <laughs> it's like it's like, dude, just take the shot. You've you've set up all the balls. They're ready to go in the pockets. Just take the shot, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. So That's, anyway. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, it's funny because I could feel that the combination of, of, of feelings that people have, which is like excitement, but also frustration. Like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, go, like, this is, this is about to go, like, like launch, like, what do you hold back for? Like, you know, and I, 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 and I, I totally get it. I'd probably feel the same thing. I'd be like, dude, I mean, you're like watching a, uh, you know, a football game and the, and the wide, wide receivers wide open and the quarterback's not throwing. I'm like, dude, throw the ball, throw it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you've, you've done what are you the doing? journey. Like, like, like we, we know from the channel that like, this this time round, it's like a thousand times better. That's what Sandarella said. It's a thousand times better. Like people are signing up. There's no confusion. She doesn't have to do any support work. It's like we're ready. 
Yeah, we're ready. Everybody's ready. We're ready. Like, let's go. <laughs> I should tell Sandy, like, look, the guys are ready. I mean, like, they're... shit from two from two hack and use comments. You got like fifty signups. Uh, yeah. Over sixty, yeah, over sixty. Sixty signups from just two hack and use comments. Yeah. What do you think's gonna happen if you do a proper show, HN? If you do, if you just, if you just really go for it here, you know, I mean, you are gonna get like literally a hundred, at least a hundred. I mean, I, I actually underestimated. I, I said from the first comment, I said, you know, I think you're like, I'm calling it. You're gonna get twenty by tomorrow, and you got thirty-four. <laughs> yeah, so actually, I'm- actually, no. By the time the next time next day, by midday, it was forty. And I almost wrote on the Discord, Justin Vincent, pessimist. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but and, just, and, to, just to be a smart, but then the funny thing is, when you wrote 20, I was like, we're not going to hit 20, man. Come on. Like, that's don't. right. I was like, I was like, we're probably at like 12, 13. And, and you're at 20, and I'm going to feel bad because he's going to say 20. And it's like, I want to be, I want to feel good about the 11 or 12 people we signed up. I don't want to feel bad that I didn't get 20. And so I was actually, I wasn't like mad at you. I wasn't like upset. I was just like, kind of, come on, man. That's not going to be that. What do you, what yeah, do you, but it was 40. But then and when it I, got above it, I started cracking up. I was like, Justin, <laughs> that's Vincent why I'm telling you, like a show HN, I'm, I'm, I seriously, I'm calling a hundred signups in a day Damn. as a base, as a baseline. Like that it's going to be more than a hundred. I mean, shit, two comments got 60, just two comments of two, of two posts that were kind of hanging around. Like a tip of the hat posts, you know, not yeah. even like major posts. Yeah. Like, but Math Academy, if you if you did the um, the free assessment, mm-hmm. everyone could go in and do it. Mm-hmm. Everyone would be so happy, and some people will be pissed off because they think they were cleverer than they were, and the assessment would be telling them you need to learn stuff. And then everyone would come back, and they'd be talking the shit out of it, and it would be like the front page of Hacking News all day. You're gonna yes. get a hundred or two hundred. It's going to be big, yeah. and you you don't need to like build any more journeys. Like you've got, <laughs> you've got the fucking journeys. <clears throat> You're ready to go, man. Well, yeah, that's not true. There is definitely some stuff, a lot of stuff that still needs to be built and fixed. But what I will say is, the 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 onboarding process, registry, all that stuff is way better than it was because you were. I think it was you or Mark asked Sandy about it on Discord. Milk. Mark asked yeah. that, and you know, like there were there were two there were two events I would say. So first was when Mark posted a comment when Mark decided to launch us on Hacker when News. Mark, the first launch of Math Academy. <laughs> yeah, Mark, Mark, the Mark's launch. He's like, I'm you know, and I'm just launching these guys. I'm tired of hearing Jason talk about it. It's really, he just like pushed me. In. It's like I was sitting there dipping my toe in the water, and he just pushed me in. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm freezing. This water's cold. And he's like, man, just shut up. Just get in the water, right? So that. We didn't have any way for me to sign up. There was no registration process. There was no onboarding. There was nothing. So what happened to happen is we had to have like a, we just had an email. We just had an email list, right? People were just adding themselves to this this email list. And um, Sandy had to send out emails and asked if they wanted to do a demo. And then we set up the de- group demos. And then people would, I don't even know. I don't. They would. Um, I give another registration form. I mean, it was this very convoluted manual process that I would manually set them up and they would, they would pay like a, I think we'd send them like a form. There was like a, what was it? A Wufu form that had Stripe connected to it or something mm-hmm. that Sandy had set up. I mean, Sandy set up all that stuff. Right. And, uh, and then we knew that the Washington post article was going to come out about us. 
mm-hmm. and we had like I felt like we had like three or four weeks in between to kind of like get ready. Sandy's like, well, the one thing we've learned from this is we are not ready for the Washington Post article, <laughs> right? Because because that whole thing was really, um, I mean, you know, it was the manual, right? It was just was not very well done. And then, <clears throat> you know, we spent the whole time, we spent, you know, Sandy had created a whole list of this is what you got to do and we need this and we need this. And she was like kind of project managing me through the whole thing, right? We need to, mm-hmm. uh, and so I'm building all this stuff out. We need a public website. So we, and then I set up the onboarding and stuff. And so we thought everything was okay. And then it worked way better than before, but there were lots of problems, right? I mean, people were signing up for one course and switching to another course, not setting up. I mean, it was just, you know, there were just lots of bugs, edge case bugs. And, you know, I, and it was just, so Sandy's like all day, like emailing back and forth. I've got another one here, another one here. You got to fix this, merge these accounts. You got to change this. The the mom used the kid's name for the this and the credit card. And they got to switch. And this guy can't get his diagnostic, isn't working. And I'm just getting post-it notes so that, all over my desk. that's where success is hell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's right? a good kind. I would wear, I would... It's infinitely better than than like crickets, right? Like that's the worst. I mean, it's like, but it was. I mean, it was. There's it, a part of it that's like kind of exhilarating, but it's also part of it where it's just like really, uh, it's exhausting and frustrating. It's it's almost like if you open a restaurant and like you're trying to feed, you can't feed enough people, and you're running out of. So, you're running out of stuff and pe- you're like exhausted the day and you just can't, you just had to turn a ton of people away and some people couldn't order what they wanted. And so you're, it's kind of frustrating for some people, but it's. You know, so maybe like you that. felt bored with this last 60 that just came in. Maybe, maybe you need it to be like 500 coming in at once now. No. So that like the house is burning down again, you know? No, no. <laughs> I mean, I don't think. No, there was one bug. One bug and there were two edge cases that we need to take it. So one bug was. Um, that when they said so what we one of the problems we had in the early days is is you know all these people were signing up for like adults were signing up for like fifth grade math or pre-algebra because they're like i need to start from the beginning i forgot everything or had a really bad experience i mean a lot of reasons why they wanted to go back to scratch and that's when i was like you know i just i don't like the idea of having an adult in a fifth grade math course i just feel like it's insulting to them and it's not really you know we need to create something else we created a, a series of courses called the mathematical foundation series that We'll allow you to build up your basics, but we'll take you at a more accelerated, a more efficient streamlined path up through calculus, right? <clears throat> and so what I wanted to do, so what I did is when someone, when an adult is signing them to come from the self and they pick pre-algebra or fifth grade math, it says, hey, actually, mathematical foundations is probably a, a better fit for you. It, you know, it was designed for adult, da, 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 right? And then so we'd get them in the right course. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I, we just created our fourth grade course like a week or two ago, or a couple weeks ago, right? But for whatever reason, I forgot to put in, not I, for whatever reason, I forgot to put in a trigger in some JavaScript that would say, if you pick fourth grade course and you're adult, show them the dialogue that says you should do this. So she's like, I bring all these adults, they're all signing for fourth grade course, something isn't working. You got to go fix that. Because I'm having to email all these people and say, look, I think you should probably consider, you know, this other course. So... That was that was kind of the only problem, really. I would want to do fourth grade. I would want to do that. Like, can can there be a, a, a like a, a version for Justin? I mean, you can do whatever you want. I mean, it's just like the the mathematical foundation starts really low, like that with fractions and stuff. But it it just cuts out some stuff that is not really necessary for 
going up through calculus. Um, for you know, like it's different when you're talking like a ten year old or nine year old learning math for the first time, versus an adult who maybe forgot a lot didn't learn it. It is relearning it. They're just they. There's certain things they just know that might be a little bit, um, unnecessary for them. Right. And you don't want to bore people or frustrate. Like, okay, this is dumb. Like, you want them to feel like, okay, everything I'm learning is good. I'm not feeling rushed, but but I'm also not feeling like it's slowing me down too much. Yeah, but it would be nice to feel for me personally. Just speaking personally, I would like to do it. I would like that easy stuff. It's like the e- riding the easy horse, so that you know before I st- move on to the brocking uh bronto bull thing like just just taking it super smooth and like winning some xp well you can you can yeah well no you can do <laughs> you it know, it's like you can totally do it there's nothing that will prevent you from signing up for any course we're just saying i think this would this is what i would recommend right but they don't right. have to take my root just like yeah you know just like you said they get out jason I, I'm, I'm really more comfortable in this oh yeah right, go ahead do it do, do whatever because you can always switch you can okay. always just go, you know, I think I'll go. And what it'll do when you switch to the Mathematical Foundations course or any other course, it'll give you a new assessment. Say, okay, we'll, we'll take into consideration everything you know. We won't ask you questions about that, but there's, there's stuff we don't know whether you know or not. Let's give you an adap- adaptive diagnostic. Okay. So it's not, it's n- n- nothing is lost, you know. How much work do you have to do to make the adaptive diagnostic available for free so you can do a show HN? Well... Not a lot. I mean, the really thing we need is the uh, analysis or kind of like the, the, the visual display of what you know and what you don't know. Kind of some tables and some graphs. It's okay, so this is what you know. This is what you don't know. Kind of slice and dice it a few different ways. And so that people can really look at it and have like a high level overview of where they're at. Uh, maybe next level. Like you could just, okay, you're like halfway through fifth grade. That's basically where you're at. You're like, okay. But you might say, well, and then we can go a little, another, one step deeper than that. Say, okay, look, you know the geometry stuff, but you don't really know this, and your decimals and your fractions are a little weak. Okay, got it. Okay, that's what I don't know. And then it could go even one step further down and go really step, like these is very detailed, a little bit of a slices of the knowledge graph, kind of like, okay, you see this this stuff, you're, this is only colored in this much, and this is only colored. So you get, and you know, your concepts are good, your skills are mediocre, your applications are weak, you know, or whatever. Does that make sense? You're, you're a good, you'd make a good politician. You'd make a very good politician. <laughs> How long is it going to take oh, for you to build <laughs> that stuff? Uh, I mean, that doesn't feel like more than a week or two for me. Okay. I'm just good. trying to finish up one other thing first, and then we can do that. Okay, what are you um, finishing up? There's a handful. So we have a we have a list. So so we've kind of have, you know, what we call beta one, which was what we ran last year. Beta two was what we released for well, the Washington Post article. And mm-hmm. this next version, and we have a kind of a list of things on the on the on the whiteboard that, say, that, that, that make up beta three. And it's like the 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 di- adaptive diagnostic, the um uh you, you know the the credentials like the certificates and transcript stuff that you can get um we want a video like a getting started video that shows you how to use the the system um the email the drip email stuff and the and the daily summary kind of here's what's going on stuff so just you know it's not a ton of stuff but i mean i feel like we could get it done in, in march i think we can have it done by the end of march at the latest well so th- that's the beta three 
That'll yeah, be beta, beta three. three. That'll be beta by three. By end of March. That's what So what you're telling me is um, you're doing beta three by end of March, and then by April, mid-April, you could do the show HN. I think so, at the latest. Yeah, okay. for sure. At the latest. I'd like to do it like then, because I think... Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, so the other thing was um, the comment that um, Adam Z... Uh, is it Adam Z? Uh, well, let me just have a look at his well, name. Well, his name's here. Adam. He's a... He's okay, just a... see. So the comment that Adam put on uh, Hacker News was he made a, he, he made a really... He, he sold... Map. What was really interesting is he's just it was just a couple of sentences. And he's like... They've, they've, they use, you know, their, their uh, team of mathematicians put together such and such. And just that, that thought was something that you don't have that I've seen anyway on the marketing site. And you haven't really driven that home, but it's such a huge part of um, why this, this is believable, you know? Mm. And so I'm just, I really think you should have a page that's just all about all the people that you hired, the process that you've done, how long you've been doing it how it's managed by Alex, you know, the stuff that Justin Skycack does. Just a, and I'm not talking just a few paragraphs, like just really in deep, in depth. Mm-hmm. Just show it, just like really showing how the sausage is made. And I think that it would be great for those guys as well. Because mm-hmm. like, you know, the team would be, you could even put photos like this is our team, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just have like t- 20 people's faces on there. Look, mm-hmm. this, this, you know, PhD, 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 PhD. Mm-hmm. Like that would blow people away in my opinion. You know, and I think that would make, that's the kind of thing that when people are researching and clicking around the website that go, oh yeah, holy shit, this is good. I'm, I'm testing this. I'm at least giving this 49 bucks of a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would, that would be good. I mean, I, when I, when you guys, you wrote that on discord, I was like, yeah, that's, that's kind of, that makes sense. I hadn't really thought of emphasizing that as much. I mean, there are a lot of things that we've thought about writing about. I hadn't really thought about writing about the, uh, the expertise of the content team as like a as like a selling point but i guess yeah. that is in terms of building confidence cuz you know it's interesting like you'll so, you'll you'll see people the write about you know i i i didn't even read what the original post was about but it's like somebody throwing against like a github repo or sending some anki like space repetition cards and writing some content it's like that's like nothing you know what i mean like the amount exactly. that we have was done it's just you know Right, people just don't know it exists. I mean, we had a really nice email from a um, a new adult user who signed up a couple of days ago, and he basically said that he was really impressed and really excited for what we're doing. And he said, "I and I really think this as like I hadn't heard of this. This really deserves um, a real marketing effort. Like, you know, you gotta." I thought that was pretty. Well, it's like because I was thinking about it, and it always happens. And I, I speak about this in Nugget as well. It's like. When something is so close to your face, you mm-hmm. can't even see it. It's like part of the reason why, I mean, I'm going to say a huge reason why the listeners know Math Academy is amazing is because we just sort of know, we just subconsciously know there's, this isn't just the tip of an iceberg. This is a huge iceberg. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is a huge iceberg with all the adaptive stuff and all the, the, the giant team of people. And so we just internally know that. And so we're like, dude, it's going to go fucking crazy. Of course it is. Because we, we we just know that stuff. Yeah. And that is stuff that is totally not visible and exposed. And so if you surface that, I think that's just going to be, that's going to be huge. You know, just get Sandy to uh, put that in a doc mm-hmm. and you work it up as a web page. Yeah. I reckon that should be, you know, 
pretty high priority. Yeah, that's that's so Sandy has a whole list of things that she wants to upgrade the marketing site because we just don't have a lot of information. It's pretty minimal at this point, and um, stuff like that is is, is badly needed. I, I I agree. I mean, it's the marketing stuff. I mean, it was kind of funny. Like early last week, before the first post, the first Hacker News post. Sandy goes, yeah, we've really kind of just hit a, like, we're not really growing. We just hit a, um, you know, we're very growing very slowly. And I said, well, we're not marketing, right? I mean, you don't grow, you really are not going to grow unless you do some marketing. I mean, you may not do have to do a, it doesn't mean you have to have a huge, you know, Google AdWord budget or something, but you've got to be doing things, you know, you have to be, and, and that's why all companies do that. This, you know, you. I think it's kind of a, a, a mistake to say, oh, there's just some free customer, free consumer social networking app that didn't advertise. That's different. We cost money, right? Right. And 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 so you 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 know you get the added benefit of word of mouth that will help, but you got to advertise anyway. I, but the answer to this, I said, look, I said we're just. We're going to advertise. As soon as we start advertising, we'll start growing. I said, we just, we, you know, she's like, yeah, I know, I know. I just was saying. And then, of course, a couple of days later, the Hacker News post came up and I started going home. And she's like, wow, it worked. I'm like, yeah. I was like, that's, you know, we just got to. Well, but still, you're getting a lot of drive-by tra- traffic as well. And it is worth doing some some tweaks to the marketing site now to increase the conversion ratio. And I think that what we just spoke about is one of the things that I would definitely would recommend you should do sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, there's weeks. a lot. There is a um, ton of low-hanging fruit. I mean, the, the list of things that I'm not doing or not doing well yet is huge. <laughs> I, I mean, there's so much stuff. You're like, Jason, you should have a getting started video. I'm like, you're right. Jason, you should have a referral company. Jason, you should. I'm like, I should do all that. I agree 100%. Like, I totally, I'm with you. Okay, so the show HN is like the first, like the, let's say the fifth launch. Um, but something else that came up on the Math Academy channel that was really good was you posting um, a post being just mad about the way that the way that they're dumbing down math in in public school and they're mm. they're almost like what what's what's the word for it where they're just d d like like uh, leveling everyone what what what's the the word for that oh jeez um, i don't know i don't know what word you're thinking of i mean oh, yeah, they're just they're 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 lowering the rigor they're just uh, i don't know they're, they're just making it uh, equality, equal math, you know. Oh, equal um, equity. It's a kind of the emphasis of equity. Math so, equity. So, yeah. so the, you know, there's this, this idea of equity, which is essentially that you're hope you're in an ideal world, like everybody would come out of a school knowing everything that they should know and everybody should be like around the same level, right? The reality is people have different capabilities, Right? Everybody has a unique set of strengths and weaknesses and interests, right? And so you're never going to get equity. You know, what you really, what the only thing you can really do is equality, which is to give everybody an opportunity. They can take whatever classes they want. They can study as hard as they want, or some kids are not going to study that hard, right? We can take advanced classes, and we could take remedial classes, and we could take normal classes, you know, and you just try and help each kid realize their potential, right? Everybody, everybody ultimately deep down understands this right they understand you have multiple kids it's okay you know once you have two or three kids you realize okay (laughs) they're all different right they're vast their capabilities even with the same genetic pool are vastly different and they have different 
And even on top of that, they have different interests, right? So they can accentuate certain things and other things, you know, are not accentuated. Maybe they're barely even done because they just really don't want to do it. Um, so you can't really... So equity is just... The only time you have equity, it's like communism, is everybody be poor together, right? Everybody but, starve together and we're, we're all equally. But so, so really all you can do... But you know, the point is, is there's a big push for this idea of this concept of equity and the problem is, it's just, is that there's so much money has gone into trying to lift up kids and improve education so we can get better results for certain kids. And it really hasn't paid off. We spend a huge amount of money per pupil, in the, per student in the U.S., right? It has not, it's not really moving the needle. And in fact, the gap is as wide or as wide as it's ever been, probably. And so the next best thing is like, well, we can't do that. And let's squash down. Let's squash the difference, right? We want the we want the the performance, the results from different kids of different races or different genders or whatever. We want this all to be really tight. And so, one way you can do it cynically is you just say, "Well, we're just going to lower the bar." And then I wouldn't say that out loud. Nobody's going to say it. They're going to say, "Well, you know, we just put everybody in the same class, and well, maybe we don't really need to learn algebra or calculus, and maybe you know, you you bring it so low, and then you make it very subjective, and everybody's the same. And and the reality is that nobody really knows anything <laughs> except for the students whose parents are like, "Screw this! We're going to hire a tutor. Are you going to do this extra? You're going to go to Russian math, or you're going to do the you know mathnasium or art of pro- you're going to do some other stuff." Right, because what it was going on school is a joke, and so what happens is, and I'll just finish. Sorry, I don't mean, but just we'll say this little thing. What happens is now you've really accentuated the problem because now only the upper middle class and upper class kids are getting the real education, and you took away all those honors and gifted and advanced placement classes away from the middle class and lower middle class and 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 um, economically disadvantaged kids for equity reasons, and now they come out of high school knowing, like, Algebra 1, and now you have all these kids who took off, and they know, like, multivariable calculus and stuff. So so someone had posted a link to the, uh, discussing this policy, uh, you know, in the Math Academy channel, and then you had replied, and you could almost hear you seething, you know, I'm just sort of reading the first couple of sentences. You know, the inevitable result of this policy is that more and more high-performing students will leave the public school districts for private school, as you just as you just described there. And so, what it what it really made me think about is the pick a fight marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I like this is what Gabriel Weinberg used to grow um, DuckDuckGo to phenomenal a phenomenal size. So, pick a fight marketing strategy is, and it's obviously not just DuckDuckGo. I remember when. I remember when I did the um, Entreporn post and that got so big on Hacker News. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Andrew Warner sent me an email. He said, good dog, good, good blog post, dude. You use the pick a fight strategy. That's a great strategy. That really gets people to edge. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Pick a fight. And, um, but not everyone can, can do that pick a fight thing. You know, but there's, not, you, there's not an obvious, there's not an, like an obvious antagonist well, it, or obvious it's not just that there's an organ, obvious antagonist but it's also the the, the personality themselves needs to be mm-hmm. the kind of person who's actually good at picking a fight you know who, mm-hmm. or who could who could like be strong enough to do it but you could actually do that and you could go on tv shows and podcasts and you could totally you know oh, stand that ground you know you'd be you'd be the right person to do it because you you you're not afraid of it you know yeah you know so Sadie and i've talked a lot about this over the past 
this exact thing for the last three years, four years. I mean, I've been talking about this since 2000, probably 18. I'm like, look, you know, the question is, do we want to do it? Do we want to do it that way? I said, be very straightforward to pick that fight, right? Because there's already a schism forming, right? There's the whole, you know, reform math, Joe Baylor, lower the standards. We don't really need to learn all this stuff you know, make everything subjective, put everybody in the same class, all that kind of nonsense, right? And right, I think it's horrible. I think it's bad for kids. I think it's fake. I think um, I think the people who are doing it are misguided. Let's put it that way, and confused. But it's try- it's, that's trying to be very democratic and very fair-minded. Mm-hmm. But yours is actually the real democratic and fair-minded version mm-hmm. because it's just every kid gets their full chance. Yeah. You know, we're using Math Academy. So it's actually even more democratic than this other artificial democratic yeah, concept. Yeah, yeah. So so I don't, yeah, because I think what, what they're trying to do is not democratic at all, it's authoritarian in a way. It's like, you're, right, we're going to yeah. take away options for people. We're going to slow everything down, you know, in that way, you know, if you squint, you know, kind of like everybody looks the same or something. Anyway, the point is, this stuff is very political, it's very emotional. It's not like it and it's not like, you know, what search engineering is like. People don't really care that much. I mean, some of the nerds care about it. But when you talk the privacy talk, stuff. When yeah. you start talk privacy stuff, or in America's we call it privacy, but okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so so the 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 thing is that you know, when you get into the political side, and this is also getting this is like kind of culture war stuff. Right when you get into the culture war stuff, it can get really nasty, and it's 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 a kind of, it's a it's 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 order of magnitude, two orders of magnitude nastier, more personal, more political than DuckDuckGo picking a fight with Google. Um, yeah, and because people, you know, when you start talking about it, get very when it comes to the culture war, education stuff is very much in the culture war, and it becomes very tribal, right? Right, and it's tribal, it's emotional. People are angry they are frustrated they are attacking and so it's like do i really want to do that and so sandy and i are kind of like look we could do that and it would be an easy way to get attention to write some op-eds get in that um but we'd almost rather if possible say we have a third way right and the third way is that if you have an adaptive individualized system that each student can optimize and, and for their be educate, optimize their own education that you can every student um it, it gives each student what they need because not every student needs the same thing you know you can have a group of you get a group of 30 kids in a class and the range and abilities and aptitude aptitude interest motivation all their weaknesses they're all over the place they're huge differences and um you know, you you either you either go and you try and serve the, some of the the stronger students, and then the half the class or more is completely lost, or you slow everything down for the bottom third, and everybody else is bored out of their mind. And you know, I mean, so it's this is the way. This is the way that everybody can move at their own pace, can learn what they need to do in the most efficient way possible without frustrating or slowing down or whatever other kids. The third way, and I think rather than like jumping the debate and talking about how I think, you know, what they're trying to do with this, this, the lowering the standards and stuff is a disaster is talk about 
talk about the third way because Sandy and I, and I, I mean, I don't think either of us really want to get in the middle of the culture war, right? It's an, so, it's, so it's, you, so it's almost like you could say, you could say, you know, just as a, an example title, math, you know, the third way. You could you could still talk about okay this is this is the one this is the one problem this is the other problem but actually we could do that so you're still making reference to the yeah to and, the core. and you know yeah. it's funny because there are some there are some people who are who I follow on Twitter who are just really anti the whole Joe Baylor reform math stuff the fuzzy math thing they call it you know and they they bring out lots of good arguments and stuff but then some of the stuff they say is I don't think accurate and I'm like you know so they both. There, there are there are things of of value in each side. I mean, I think there are more things wrong with the perform math than 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 that are right about it. But there are things like the whole Common Core thing was the first was not the first thing, but that was sort of part of the reform math that was like you know 10, 15 years ago when they first got that sort of passed through. And um, one of the things they did in, in the, with the Common Core stuff is rather than saying here's how you um, you know, you add or multiply numbers or something. You just go through and you say, "Well, this is nine times twenty-seven, and here's how you here's how the algorithm works, and you multiply it out and in whatever." Um, they do do that, but they start with these sort of like visual models and and with division, and they sort of try and help students create an intuition about what multiplication really is, and they spend more time building that out before they get to the algorithms. Now, the problem is that a lot of teachers kind of like don't know how to really teach it that well. They struggle with teaching it. And so it's kind of, it's kind of muddled, but then they run out of time and the kids don't learn the algorithms and the parents are like, Jesus, my kid can't even out multiply. Like mm. just hear the stupid algorithm. Why, why didn't we teach my kid the algorithm? My kid is doing, drawing all these boxes and stuff and they can't even multiply two numbers. This is ridiculous. And what they really just want to say, so the, but the reason is brighter students or say higher aptitudes, let's say higher aptitude math students, that stuff comes naturally to them. They just see it, right? You don't have to draw boxes and stuff. They just naturally go, duh, of course it's that way. But kids who are not, it's not high aptitude math, that doesn't come to them. They don't really see it. Like my, my son Colby, mathematically gifted, everything just came to him very, very easily. My daughter Izzy, my middle child, has dyscalculia and it was, didn't really struggle understanding how math worked, couldn't see it, couldn't feel it. And it was like, it's like being like color, talking to someone about colors and they're kind of colorblind and they just don't see it. And you're like, can't you see the difference between red and green? And they're like, I, there's one color. You're like, what do you mean there's only one color there? You're like, they just can't see it. And, um, you know, and you have a whole, but you have a whole, you have a whole range of students. And so the idea was let's help build some number sense and some intuition behind how numbers and mathematical operations work before we get into algorithms, right? But then they took it too far and they spent all this time doing that and having kids explain what they're doing as a, and then not teaching many algorithms and not practicing anything. So then the kids had no skills. And so it's like, look, all this stuff can be helpful, but you need to do it in the right proportion and in the right order. And that's what we've tried to do. So, well, another thing I was uh, thinking is that originally, um, you know, all your math academy work originally was for gifted students, 5%, you know, the top 5% of Pasadena district, whatever. But now what I'm thinking is, and I think what you're seeing potentially is, is that actually math academy can just basically work for anyone at any level. 
and they'll just work at their own pace within the math academy environment. And so that changes changes the whole thing. You mean in terms like you, the marketing, like that addressable just, market, or just just everything we ever you know what we've been discussing? Just like I mean, yes, yes, addressable market, but also society mm-hmm. <laughs> because because if math academy like i mean let's just let's just you know the, think about it in the in the potential panacea that it might be right mm-hmm. like if if every kid can use this system um from grade four and it can just help them be better at math than other other methods of teaching mm-hmm. that's just basically huge that's just a very big deal yeah well what'll be interesting to see is how kids further down the aptitude ladder do. Um, So I don't think it has to be the top 5%, but is it kind of like the B student and up? B and A, B plus and A students? Can it work for B minus C plus type students? You know what I mean? Like, and what I mean is, you know, there's, there's two, there's sort of two major components in terms of whether you're going to be successful in this. One is aptitude, mathematical aptitude, Right. And I, I misspoke earlier. I shouldn't say if a student is bright or not because people have different abilities in different areas, right? Yeah. Like my, my daughter Izzy, perfect example, incredibly creative, amazing writer, struggles with math, right? Yeah. You know, she can write circles around Colby. You know, and that's just, they have different abilities, right? What would, what would happen if she went in at fourth grade math in Math Academy? Well, I mean, she's actually built up pretty well. I mean, she's doing like integrated math three. Like she's doing pre-calculus now and is doing... I think doing pretty well, but you know, had to be consistent work with her and and everything like that. But, um, like, I think she would be like, if she started with fourth grade math when she's in fourth grade, is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. What would, what would happen if she had started math Academy back in the day? See, part of the problem here, here's the thing is she has ADHD, right? That's, that's a challenge, right? Stay focused on what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And she has low motivation for this kind of thing. Very yeah. low motivation. Like, why am I doing this? I don't care about this. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Right? So you have this dyscalculia, low motivation, you know, uh, uh, a, 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 um, a attention deficit problem. Yeah. Now, she could work really well. The system worked really well with her if you have an adult kind of closely managing it. You're sitting with part of the time. Like, she could work really well. But she's like an extreme case, right? She's on the far end. But you do have kids who just, um, they're going to do everything they can to like not do work, right? right. A lot of kids like, I don't want to do math. And so what they'll do is they'll just sit there like, I don't understand. I'm confused. Like, they'll just mm-hmm. keep saying that until somebody just sits down and, and literally just talks at them and, and forces it down their throat, right? So you have some kids, like what I call sort of mostly the adversarial student. They're just going to try and do everything they can to fight learning math. And it's like, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, it still would work. I mean, you still can use it in a small group, one-on-one or small group, where a tutor is working with a kid and they're working through Math Academy. We have a tutor up in um, Berkeley, California, and she has like 10 or 12 of her students, uh, of her tutoring clients are all on Math Academy. She put them all on Math Academy. She says she loves it. It's so much more productive. She needs to work through it together. So that's so that's we... like a flip, a flip classroom environment. So basically, it's like they're doing homework in school kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around. Well, flipped classroom is sort of like you'd watch videos and do some of like the passive learning on your own and then you do the work in class. But they kind of, because Math Academy, it's, you know, you read a little bit, do problems, read a little bit, do some more problems. So it's kind of an integrated step-by-step thing. Okay. So, yeah. um, but she's sitting with them, right? 
And these are like, I think her students are kind of fourth through sixth grade range, mostly. <laughs> That's great. Just a slight tangent. But it's sort of like the time when that guy hired someone uh, like for, you know, 15 bucks an hour to just sit there and look over his shoulder so that he did work. So it's kind of <laughs> like that scenario, you know. Well, it is. Like, it is because, you know, I mean, uh, parents are like, look, parents don't want to do it. They're like, yeah. I don't remember this math. I definitely don't want to do it. It's straining my relationship with my child. I'll pay a tutor to sit with them and, and work work with them. So uh, I, th- I, th- I think math, the math academy system can work for a lot of kids, but I'm not, I don't know what the limit, how, how far down you get before you have a situation where you need an adult more closely managing, right? Because the kid is just going to use every excuse they can to manipulate the situation to where the teacher just literally has to sit there and explain it to them. Now, you don't mean how far down. You mean how far across. Oh, right? far across, whatever. <laughs> I'm just talking about like the uh, just mathematical, uh, motivation yeah. scale, right? Let's say the motivation. Now, now motivated right. students who are not necessarily high aptitude, but they like, they just, they're motivated because either they want to get a good grade or they like getting up the leaderboard or they want to get done with their XP so they can go play video games or whatever it is. You know, they're highly motivated. They just, it, it works for them. So um, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I don't have a lot of data in terms of like, you know, kids coming into the system and like, where were they on sort of the, you know, uh, you know, what, 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 what kind of a math student were they coming in? Were they a C math student? Were they a B math student? A math student? I, I, you know, were they, were they, you know, I don't know. I and mean, I think, I think we have more students who are probably good math students than are weak math students. But um, I, we probably have to send out a survey. And and sort of say like it's just it's just interesting. I mean, it's just an interesting possibility, you know. Yeah. Like if it just if it just generally because you're you're using a lot of stuff that doesn't just work for smart people. I mean, all the space repetition learning, all the stuff that you're using is just good teaching. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. So well, the th- so it's like you just put it together in a great platform. It's good teaching. Now let's just throw kids at it and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the and the reason we had to do that is because if it. At any point, a student gets confused or frustrated. That's a point where they can start a, a chur- the churn can start, right? Like students confused, student is frustrated, mom is confused because her son's confused. Stu- you know, I mean, it just you don't want them to be confused. You want them to be hit, hit, be successful moving forward. So you have to really, and when you're talking younger kids, you mean you have to really struggle to make sure that the that the learning process is 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 working. This. By the way, this is what you also need to put in that page I was talking about. Mm-hmm. This thing where you monitor and when you when you see a student get get confused or not move forward, you re-examine the question, you rework it, you make it so they can. So just how you've been completely massaging this whole thing the whole yeah. time for years. Well, that that was some that was really so we we just and um, built some tools to um, analyze our the pass rates of certain lessons and um, we can put it for parameters and check like, okay, for students who have, who, who typically pass 80% or more lessons, how, how much do they pass each, each of these other lessons? And it's like, wow, like students would only pass 80% or above, which is a pretty good number. Only pass this one at a, at a rate of 57%. You're like, that's a problem. <laughs> What's going yeah. on with that lesson? We're doing something. And then wrong. we analyze it deeper and we say, okay, oh, in 90% of them fail at the second knowledge point. You know, what what is going on there? So so Alex has all these tools now 
to uh, to analyze and prioritize all of anything that's a low pass rate. So we continually do it. So we keep raising the bar in terms of what is considered a low pass rate. Was a low pass rate before it was like less than 60%. Now it's like less than 80%. Like we're getting it higher and higher. So the first pass rate on, on average is 93%. And the other big thing, the big thing that we that that Justin's been working on for she's uh, weeks, if not like a month or more, is um, the ability to take. So let's say you have some lesson, which is a topic, and it's connected to this knowledge graph, and you have all these questions, and it's there's all these different learning tasks that kids are using are working on right now for that topic, lessons, reviews, etc. So how are you gonna if all these kids are working on it? All right, kids, I say students because we have a third of our clients or customers are adults. They're working on it. Like, how do you how do you how do you rework this whole thing if people are working are are are, are using it, right? So what we yeah. do is we clone it, create a new topic, clone it, clone all the questions. So hundred or hundred odd questions and solutions, clone everything about it, all the thing. Then they can work on it, work on all that stuff, and then when they're re- and then then they can set all the metadata related to it, the encompassing weights, the times, all that kind of stuff. And then he wrote this knife switch tool where we'll go in, deactivate the topic, push everything over, move everything out, update all the existing tasks and questions, and it's like instantaneous, like a knife switch. So, like in a second. How does it know? Uh, like, so does it maintain the same question IDs? Like, if they've already passed a question or whatever, that's all. It, it already knows that. So they're like it's superficial. Like a, it's like a full-on diff. It's like a diff. Yeah. So there's like there's yeah. superficial changes versus you know, non-superficial changes. So a superficial change, you just keep the same ID. If it's a fundamentally different question, you know, it's a different, you know, it's new. You know, uh, irony here is you just said that the average pass rate's 97% 93, or something like 93%. that. 93%. 93%. 93%. That's exactly what they're trying to do with that other thing where they're trying to squish everything down. They're trying to squish everything down and make everyone pass. Mm-hmm. But you're like just making everyone pass. <laughs> yeah, we're not. So, we're not, so you, you're flattening, you're flattening the, the user base. But you're just not actually doing it in a weird way of like being authoritarian. Well, because you know what that's one of the benefits of mastery learning. So it's not like everybody has nine months to pass this course, right? Some students might do it in three or four months, some might do it in eight months or whatever. They take as long as it takes to get through it. And but you can only progress once you've mastered a topic. Where in a normal class, you take a test, you get a C an A or B or a C or a D. That's it. Moving on, right? Class is moving on. That was the, that was the test, right? And do you explain that on the homepage? No, no, like why, not why really. Did, why did I never un- really understand that before? Probably because that's read much about it. Yeah, because so mastery based learning is so that whole two sigma Bloom's two sigma problem is all based on mastery learning, which is that you only build on a foundation of material that you've already mastered. And one of the problems in math, when you have a hierarchical knowledge structure, is students are forced, in a traditional learning environments, are forced to move beyond stuff before they've mastered it, right? You cannot, you know, because you have a fixed time. We're getting the whole class through this course at the end of the year. Um, you know, and like, hey, some kids got A's, B's, C's, D's. Well, moving on. And then what happens to the kids who, even the kids who are getting B's, over time, they're accumulating more and more cracks in their foundation, right? And they get to a certain point, they get to pre-calculus or calculus, and they're just like floundering. They're like, man, this is so hard. Because they're not just learning calculus, they're trigonometry, they're, 
you know, their algebra, their functions, they have tons of weaknesses, stuff they didn't really totally master, understand, and then it's just impossible for them to do really well in calculus. And much less the C and D students, I mean, they, they're they done after, and to get to algebra, and they're like, screwed, right? So bookmark for Sandy, mastery-based learning. <laughs> A marketing page, all about master page, <laughs> yeah. Mastery well, you, based learning and why that works. And you know, it's another thing, and I, I don't want to say it, 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 but but that same tutor I mentioned, um, and she's been great. She's like, you know, real uh, kind of a super fan. Is always sending me really nice emails about how much she likes the system. But she, one thing she said, she's like, "Is Math Academy? Are your courses harder than the normal class? Like, is your fifth grade course like?" harder than and I, you know because because the kids who are my students who are on it who are like halfway through it and are just doing okay they're not acing it they're are like placing like the eighth grade math in their class she's like i don't understand she's like yeah a couple students come in and they're all proud of themselves eighth grade math she's kind of thinking like you're not really an eighth grade math student and she's like i don't really know what's going on with these assessments and what they're doing at school and i said you know we're not trying to make math any harder it has to be, right? Because that'd be a bad business model for us, right? Yeah. Because if we fail a bunch of people, everybody's like, this sucks, man. My kid's just failing it and feels bad about themselves. You're just trying to make them better at learning. Yeah, but we're holding the line. This is the standard for fifth grade math. This is the standard for algebra one, right? This, all of this. And she's like, yeah, like most of these students, I see what they're doing. The, the, stu- the, the teachers are just skipping a lot of the material. They're just only doing a, a fraction of the material. They're skipping through stuff. They're going back. They're in fifth grade. They're spending a lot of time doing fourth grade math. And she's like, everything is just getting watered down. And I said, yeah. I said, well, I said, we will never do that. I'm not. I'm, I said, I'd, I'd rather be a fraction as successful as we would otherwise be. But we are holding the line. I'm not gonna hand out a bunch of A's to a bunch of bullshit math. I just I'm not doing it. I don't I don't I don't need the money that badly. And um, you know, but that's what's happening. So we're not, you know, we're not trying to be harder, but we but but you know, we're mastery based. So you once you get to fifth grade, you know fifth grade math. Right? Okay, I had two more things to say about Math Academy and then you can wrap up with anything else you want to say. Okay. Um so Saponzi and Adam Adam. Um, joined Math Academy directly from Mark's uh, original Heck HN yeah, post, yeah. and then just because of because of that post, they found texting and they found the Discord, and they've become hugely helpful. Um, yeah, you know they're, they're hugely helpful customers to have. Like mm-hmm. they're they're your perfect you know uh, customers. Um, so I think bringing people into the discord uh, and getting these kinds of people into the discord and into um texting is a good is a good thing so i'm just really wondering if you should you know some part of the journey should just be mentioning it you know mentioning hey if you want you know if you're really interested in the product um you can learn more about us on our discord and our podcast yeah so the thing about it is i'm trying to figure out if we need to create like a math academy only discord you know um uh, so the thing is, like, I really like the the, the vibe in our dis, in our texting Discord, right? It's pretty it's small number of people, but it's you know, I think people know us pretty well, and they're I think they're very supportive, and it's it's fun, right? Um, but I'm not sure like having hundreds of people and parents and people who don't know us or not really interested in the podcast so much. Like, this is where you talk about Math Academy. 
So I'm trying to figure out what's the best way to do it. Um, there might be like a, a whole, like we might keep a mathematic math Academy channel on this discord. So we, I can say anybody who, you know, I could every once in a while mention, you know, we talk about math Academy podcast sometime if you're interested and this is our discord and we do talk about math Academy there, but there needs to be a, like a math Academy. There needs to be a math Academy discord, I think on its own. I think so too. Yeah. But so, well, but, but yes, yes to a math Academy discord, but will you get the same level of camaraderie in a, in a place like that? Um, as it is people connected with the podcast. Uh, probably not. I mean, the more people, I think the more people feel like they can connect with you and know you, the more they're willing to say, Hey, I'm kind of on this ride with Jason and Sandy, as opposed to, you know, this is just a product I'm using. I'm going to go in there and post a bug and, and try and lobby for a feature or two. Um, exactly. But it also, but the other way, that's why I think you might, we might kind of have both, but, but because if, but again, like, it'd be really weird if, if there was not uh, its own discord and you have all these people who are. So you could, so you could, you could almost say, you know, we've got different levels of, of community. Like if you want to, if you want to post bugs and just talk about math Academy, um, go to go here. Mm -hmm. If you want to learn about the math Academy business journey, you know, the, the, if you want to join the journey kind of thing and hear about the behind the scenes, you can check out the texting podcast and you can go to the, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. I don't. I yeah, I don't really even know. I I was just talking a little bit with Sandy. I mean, here, here's the thing. I think community is probably a killer feature if you can get it going. If you can get a lot of people who are like, well, is it, here. Think about it this way: like, you have a you have a lot of people, a lot of adults who are using the system, but they're totally isolated. They're like, hey, I'm learning math and machine learning all by myself. Well, it turns out there are a lot of adults like you who are doing this and it would be fun to talk with them oh why the by the way there's three guys in your same city like that would be cool to connect okay i okay so what about this then so because because that this is what i originally had was thinking would would be the best thing to do but i was thinking that can't work with uh, the texting but what you could do is you could just have the discord logo you know in math academy that they can click anytime that goes to the math academy discord that they can join anytime and then but also once they've joined and they have their discord open it will just go straight to you know the general channel or whatever and they could just start talking so it's just there as a as a, an icon just always available yeah i i agree i feel like like i don't think adam and sir posny for instance i mean they can they can maybe respond on the discord but i don't know if they would be as feel like there's a part of this whole story if there wasn't the discord oh, right yeah. they may be like oh yeah much. this is working pretty well for me it's cool I like your math but it's not the same thing it's they're feeling more part of stuff they're connecting with other people they get to hear have a, you know sir posny was like Man, like I don't want to learn arc secret and arc cosine. Like, why do I have to learn this? Is stupid. And and uh, Alex is like, well, you know, and quantum tunneling stuff. I did blah blah blah. And he's like, oh, cool. And Jason and, yeah, and Justin's like, well, you know, in uh, deep learning and the sigmoid function, you know, da, da, and he, and the is like, okay, <laughs> cool. All right, so good. So it is going to be useful <laughs> at some point. You know, I mean, that stuff is really cool. Um, so yeah, I I, I think. I think community could be a killer a killer feature. I mean, it, I guess it kind of goes without saying, but the community 
that you can build around learning is different than say community around your general SaaS product, right? Because it it's not as fun to learn alone, right? And you can yeah. help people create like almost like learning posses, right? Like, okay, we're all going to do math and machine learning right now. Like, hey, like all these people, like you can find friends, like this is our math and machine learning and they can even have a goal. Like we're all going to try and finish by this date. You know, we're going to do this, right? Yeah. And you can help them connect and you can, they could, you know, hey, oh, it turns out like a bunch of you guys are actually all located in the same city or, you know, I don't know. You just help them, help them connect. And, and, and then I think what you could have happened is like, yeah, I came for the math and I stayed for the community, right? Like you could see, yeah. and, and then they just learn a lot more than they would otherwise. Um, it's just like going to, you know, you see people go ride, who's cyclists, they go out and cycle by themselves. It's not nearly as fun. You see yeah. like 10 guys going, you know, or 10 people cy- cycling together and they're like, they can go farther and they can more often, it's more fun, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. But I also think that, I think the story is fun too. It's, you know, I mean, this is a big, big struggle. It's a ton of work. And I think it really is really helpful when people can, can connect with Sandy and I and what we're, we're trying to do and and how 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 we're trying to solve the problem and i think it it brings you know because we're you know we're real people <laughs> you know we're not some like faceless you know company or some v, v, venture capital funded thing that has hundreds of people and all these people are coming and going it's just this is like mom and pop kind of thing you know it's a small number of people who are passionate about doing this and our only goal is to help you learn math as effectively as efficiently as possible Right. So it's like, you know, um, but, but if, if they can connect with us on the discord, it becomes even more fun, more real. I mean, Sandy does a really good job in the emails, you know, she does a lot. I mean, I do a fair amount of it too, but she really does the first couple lines of that. And, and, and you can, I can, you could feel the connection building between her and the customers Right, because she really goes out of her way to, she knows how our customers do. She's constantly monitoring how everybody is doing. She knows the- that that's an interesting point. So there was some feedback um, posted to the Math Academy Discord, mm-hmm. and Sandy said, "You know, if you want to give feedback, uh, click the question mark um, in the app because then it comes through the proper channels. Then it's going to come, it probably come to her inbox or whatever." But I was wondering about that. Like, do you do you want to get people to do feedback through one channel? I mean, or should should you sort of give them the opportunity to do feedback through any channel? Like Discord is going to be, because since she said that, then there was like literally four examples of feedback that people gave in Discord where it was a, a really good back and forth in a kind of feedback scenario. So what? where do you where Well, do you in, the, in, the, in the site, it's mostly for like a content problem. Like, hey, there was a right. two here when there should have been a three or an X instead of a Y or the solution didn't quite match the example you know you'll see as many questions we create like a thousand questions a week so you're always going to get a few little you know yeah oopsies right and when somebody goes in and a question mark and they put it like that gets sent to the to the content team with all the contextual data it was this student on this task on this so that's they, so it's like otherwise it's like well what the hell are they even t- like I don't, where where is this thing right it's like a ton of work to track down when someone just posted emails me a screenshot i'm like okay so okay what's the email okay what's their id okay what co- that was probably this no it was that task which you know now i'm spending 20 minutes just trying to track it down right so the way if they're reporting a content issue it's way easier for us if it goes through the system if they just click that right if it's like a general thing like you know, 
I hate Arcsecret and Arcosecret. You know what I mean? Like, why do I have to learn right. this? Like, that's fine. We can have a discussion about that. Or like, you know, I got, got a couple ones I got the other day. It's like, I really wish I could just like select the letter that answers by clicking the letter as opposed to a mouse. Like, that's great for that kind of stuff. Just general product stuff, UI stuff, discussions about courses. Like that stuff can all be in in Discord. That would be great. Um, or bugs or issues, or whatever. But if it's like the dude, this question, there's something wrong with it. Like, just report it that way. That's the most efficient Got thing. It. Um, okay. But what we are just what we are going to do, and this is something that you know my content team has been kind of asking for, is kind of a messaging system, and and so that you you know kind of like LinkedIn, you have your list of you have your little alarm bell at the top of the screen, and you have like messages. So if you report an error, it'd be really nice. Like a day or two later, it says, "Hey." Thanks for this. We fixed it. This update changed your question to correct as opposed to just going into the void. Like, I don't know. Was I wrong? Yeah, that'd be nice. You know, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of a, a, annoying to them, I'm sure, when they, it's like, I've hosted 10 bugs. I mean, they fix, I mean, content errors in the last two months, have they fixed them? I don't know. Something you just said would be a gem of like a, a big, uh, like, headline somewhere on the marketing site. Our PhD, our team of PhDs, PhD mathematicians create over a thousand questions a week. Like, yeah, that's just that's just that's the kind of thing you want to see. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a lot. You know, you know, funny thing. I just on a, another on the, on the content development point. So that whole remember I told you about the whole knife switch thing that Al, that Justin finished building the tools. Yeah, um, Alex is it is so fast. Like con- changing content is so fast now. Like before, he was hard to change stuff because people were working on it. Right, he'd he'd have to like go wait until middle of the night. Like he's like, well, if I wait till like middle of my day in the London, most of our users are in the U.S. and I can maybe switch stuff without anyone screwing up anybody's stuff, right? Because I have to take stuff offline, fix, and it's a really short window. It was like really impossible to make any substantial changes. But now they can do anything they want. And he's like, we, he's like, Jason, we are making stuff so fast. Like we have this queue, any feedback we get goes in a queue and we're just popping out changes like bang, 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 improvement, 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 improvement. And it's that speed. So it's not only the speed of like creating new content, it's the speed of improving content and fixing errors. Cloning is, isn't that the classic way that you change like um, a huge database migration on a table? You clone the table, you do your migration on the clone, and then you rename it to you. Copy well, I think what you do is you, one. yeah, you you create a table with the same structure, then you make any adjustments to it, and then you select insert, right? You select from this and insert oh, into okay. these fields. So it's it's similar, but you you want to change it before it has any data in it because that's the right. but right that's how you you know something has a million rows, otherwise it would take a long time. Now it takes you know a second or whatever. Well, do you have anything else about Math Academy you want to go through? Because I I have a couple of uh, things to talk to you about that's non-Math Academy. Yeah, let's see. One one thing I thought was kind of funny. So um, let's see what we could kind of... Oh, where does this go? Oh, wait. Hold on. Where did my notes go? Okay. So we got... Three new, two new states today. So we track our users because you know, you said Sandy has that, uh, that board, that map of the world with pins where, where we have the world domination. Yeah, the board. global mass, global math domination or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Arkansas and Tennessee finally. And we are okay. only missing, I think we're only missing Arizona, Delaware, North and South Dakota, Montana, and Idaho. So those are the remaining states. We don't have anything. 
That's great. And the week, and so we can welcome Arkansas and Tennessee formally <laughs> to the to the to the uh, to the community. But then we got uh, these are the new um, uh, countries we got: Grand Cayman, which I guess is a I don't know if that's a, it's a country, Norway, France, United Arab Emirates, Poland, Serbia, Italy, Switzerland, Malaysia, Singapore. And then also we got our first Hong Kong. Hong Kong. That's pretty cool, right? That's so cool. Yeah. So it's you, you need you need that little uh thing that Google have in their office where they have like the map with the glowing the glowing well, like pins, XP. You know? Yeah. Well I was telling Sid, I was like, <laughs> I love the I love the um map thing because for a couple of things I was thinking, like, you know, first of all, first of all, it's just kind of fun just seeing where our customers are, right? And I think she got into a she got into a thing with Ben Boyder today about her pin for Perth. He was like, mm. "That's not Perth." <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't read it. She was telling me about how they, they had this kind of like fake fight about her her pin placement for Perth. <laughs> and he was like, mm, "Not quite." Anyway, um, but I think that's a really cool a cool thing is that you have you have but it would be really neat if you could actually end up like doing like a competition like country versus country or city versus city once you had enough people it's like how much xp they can earn in a week or whatever that is cool and one thing we were talking about would be great i mean this is these are all just dreams states as well states yeah you know have like a like a league competition you know florida versus north carolina the the regionals eastern and the western regionals and they go but could you have la versus san francisco you could do stuff like yeah of course of course you need enough people right now we don't have near enough people but um i was also one thing we've also kind of talked about it would be great of course this is this is dreams like this is years in the future but if we got big enough that you had enough people in individual cities that we could go on a tour and do like an event in each city and have like a mini solve competition or let all the kids and adults meet up like you'd have something for the adults and it's like everybody who's doing math for machine learning and stuff in you know stockholm right or something like that that'd be great that would be a great way to like travel too. It's like, hey, we got something to do that's kind of cool, that's fun, but then yeah. you know, good excuse to go to, you know, wherever Europe or something. Will you still do? Um, oh, I guess it's not really related. Solve isn't related to. No, Solve is was Math Academy, right? Yeah, it was just that was just what we did for the school. But it was know, for the schools for the past. We don't, we don't, we don't do, don't do that anymore. Because okay. we're at Sandy, not really running the program. Oh, okay. We were much more involved in the early days, but you know, the thing is in a school district, the school district really wants to run things themselves. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird parents, you know, we, we were able to get away with it for a little while cause it was really early on. And, but once it kind of got established, it was sort of a thing where all communicate, they want all communication to come through the district and the teachers. And when yeah. that happens, you're kind of in the background. At you're best. out of the loop. Yeah. So, you know, which is, you know, fine. I mean, um, but, you know, we have bigger fish to fry than just one school district. Yeah. Um, but I think we can take a lot of what we learned and and use that to scale up and do cool things at, a, at more of a global level than just at a, within a single school district. All right. Well, um, is that the Math Academy stuff? I think that's plenty of Math Academy, man. I, I'm sorry we, we went on so long. I've been... Well, we, we had know. to start there because it was, it was exciting. So um, but now to move on to the unexciting 
portion of the of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <laughs> time to time to, to hit stop on your podcast player because it's so you know, it's, um, it's, the d- the documentary that I spoke about last time. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about your response to that, mm-hmm. and um, so I got a little bit of news about it, and also I was thinking about your response. Mm-hmm. And your response was a documentary is fair and two sided, and that's what. And I was thinking that. Wait a second. That that's that's a very generous view of documentaries. When you think about it, documentaries, most of the documentaries that I've seen are more like a blog post, like a one sided blog post trying to win an argument. That's you know, true. That's you know, true. They're, they're not really a, a fair balanced view of, of things. But you understand, it's their view, not yours. You're the subject. Well, right? I, I don't think I don't even think that's the truth. Like, so I think that, for example, a case like um, the following of Math Academy. I think that's true. But for example, uh, Biggest Little Farm, which is the documentary about, you know, the school that Jack goes to. I mean, it's 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 their farm. It's their documentary. Mm-hmm. And there's loads of documentaries like that. Just people just making documentaries about their viewpoint and their experience. Okay. You know? But they probably sponsor. They probably paid for it, right? Yeah, they pay for it. Yeah. Right. Well, that's so it's essentially a commercial, right? So, yeah, but so it, 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 no, exactly. It is essentially, a, I do think that it's, it's kind of a commercial, but at the same time, so that must mean that, you know, like at least 50% of documentaries are commercials. I mean, they could be. I think most of it's just that, you know, uh, the people, the documentary, my documentarians have a point of view, right? I mean, that's why they're making the documentary. They have a perspective. I mean, they will often try to present some of the other side. Right. So that doesn't look like it's so ridiculously one sided, but it's they definitely, you know, have their their opinion, their point of view, their their argument that they're trying to make for sure. You're right. I haven't it's not many that you see that present both sides, even the ones that even like the new shows that are supposed to be balanced, even the old school news shows are supposed to be balanced like 60 minutes or something. They're still pretty. Yeah. The yeah, editing is. There's still what this is what we think. Well, this is um, what the this is what our network thinks. You know, so this is the, the you know our networks on the left, our networks on the right. So yeah. well, I'm saying like 60 Minutes was pretty uh, pretty independent. I think they were pretty. I mean, their producers had an opinion. Like this is what we're doing, and they're 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 journalists. But I mean, nowadays it's really polarized, right? You can just go by the network and you go, I know what I know. I was what looking at some, some some people. Someone posted on Twitter, "There's no such thing as journalism anymore. There's only activism." Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's unfortunately it has gotten I mean like old school journalists because old school journalists, the newspaper men, they kinda like they didn't go to college, right? They didn't have any membership card to sort of the you know, any sort of elite establishment. They weren't, you know, going you know, hanging out with politicians or political people or whatever. I mean, they were very I think, you know, for a long time much more antagonistic. And uh, more independent, they're much more um, hardcore journalists. I mean, I think there are still hardcore journalists at all at these places, but I think they're kind of in the minority now. Yeah, and, the exception. And you have a lot more people who are trying to change the world, right? They have a strong opinion about what the right answer is, and it usually has a connection to a political ideology. And so they're policing the narrative, right? It's not too much as they can just say, "Well, these stories don't." You know, these uh, counteract our narrative. <laughs> these things emphasize our narrative. So these are things we're going to talk about. These things we're not going to talk about. I mean, they don't even have to. I mean, that's the thing about, you know, the slant in journalism is that you don't even have to tell a lie. You just say these are the things that we'll talk about and these are stuff we just won't talk about. Right. And yeah, um, it's by omission. 
by omission. I mean, it's hilarious because like I go work out at this gym, the Equinox, and there's CNN, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching all three at the same time, whether I like to or not, because that's where <laughs> that's where the cardio. And I'm like, ah, like I don't want to watch any of these. And I'm like watching them, and you're just kind of ro- you watch any one of them for more than 30 seconds, you start rolling your eyes, like Jesus, you know. And it's like, whatever, man. Um, and it's like if you watch one or the other, you just, I mean, they don't they don't even talk about the same things. They won't. But what they both will do is they'll talk about the stupid thing that the other side did talk about and how ridiculous it was. They'll, they'll, yeah. they'll frame it. Like MSNBC, say, Fox, yeah. these Fox News idiots, they said that. And they'll say, these yeah. MSNBC idiots. Da, 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 and the, but they all just sort of like have their own. It's not like when you would turn on CNBC, I mean, C, uh, CBS or ABC or NBC back in the 90s or 80s. You know, there was a lot of the same major stories and they all basically talked about the same kinds of things. I mean, they had a slightly different... Yeah whatever emphasis or whatever but but nowadays they just uh they just say well these things are inconvenient for the democratic party so msnbc and cnbc aren't even going to they're not it's not that they're going to put a spin on they're not even going to talk about it if they can get away with it this is inconvenient for the republicans and conservatives fox is not going to talk about it you know um well so anyway back to the documentary the the team uh liked my idea Oh great! Yeah, so uh, so you're gonna hire our documentary documentarian? So, so well, that the the um, remember I told you that I paid someone yeah uh, to have a, co- a consulting session. So basically, I I googled you know how to how do you make a documentary, and uh, mm-hmm. one of the one one of the results that came up was a, a school um, that teaches documentary making, mm. and um, I you know found out that you could hire a consulting session with the people who run the community. Which just so happened that person that I hired the session with, I then uh, had a, a, an at length um, chat with her, um, second chat with her, and you know she said, "I, I, I do, I do like loads and loads of consulting." And by the way, what I should mention is, like multi award winning uh, documentary maker, mm-hmm. well, like one you know Sundance like, has been nominated for Sundance and all these other other things like that, and uh, done you know loads of stuff. She's like, "I'm interested in this." <laughs> I'm really? interested in this documentary. So we've got cool. a meeting with her and the company. Um, so the CEO yeah. or whatever is yeah, happy. Yeah, CEO, they, they yeah, next like, week. So. They were like, nice job, Justin. Yeah, they're like, dude, cool. way to go. Let's do that. And then they, and then they they ran it up the chain to the to the, to the mothership company. Um, and they are intrigued. So we'll okay. see. We'll see. Okay, well, cool. Well, yeah, I, I was just, you know, the two, my two, concerns were one you doing this without really talking to sales or marketing they'd be or particularly marketing they might be like you know stay in your lane kind of thing but yeah. it's nice yeah. that they didn't have that reaction i mean you know you never know i mean there you know you run this experiment 10 times it's not all going to come out with nice job justin you get yeah, the wrong no, person he'd be like you know what dude i've been running this experiment my whole life it's <laughs> always come out with justin stay in your lane <laughs> Right, right. Well, it's it good had to work you... out one time. Right? Well, that's good. Um, yeah. I mean, you're right. It's the right place. I mean, you're trying to help out, but you know, right. people get got you know territorial and stuff. But um, the other thing, of course, is just like if if you're not paying the documentarian and you're just saying we think we think our story might be interesting, then of course you don't have any editorial control, and they might say, 
you know, there are a lot of things about this that we don't really like. It's an interesting story. And, or they could end up, like, as I said before, no, they um, change We're going to have angle. to work out how to fund it. I mean, yeah, so if you the, fund it, that's a different yeah, thing. That's yeah, a different exactly. Thing. That's a different but, thing. But even if you do fund it, even if you do fund it, like, they they pick and choose their job. I mean, they, they can do whatever job they want. You have so, a lot more control over it, though. I mean, they're not going to totally bite the hand, right? No, they're, but the, the like, point I was going to make is um, it's, a, it's a vote of confidence in the idea the very fact that they're willing to put an entire year of their life into something true you know um, true. even if even if they are you know receiving funding for it like so it's it's they can do whatever they want like they they choose mm-hmm. the the mm-hmm. things that they want to put their voice this just happens to be something like the, the document the the documentary person had had a kid who really would have i wish that a school like this existed in my area because you know and so that's kind of why mm-hmm. why it was interesting to them that's cool that's cool so yeah cool so that's where it's at with that. We'll see where that goes. Hopefully that'll go somewhere. Good. Um, Next that's up, you gotta, my... That's it? You didn't have... I thought you were going to bring links. You said you are going to have links. Uh, wait, well, 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 links... Uh, let me see, let me see. Um, well, let's, did... do a couple up, let's do a couple updates real quick. Before, go on. Because I know we only have like 15 minutes, right? You have a hard stop right. at five. I do, yeah. Yeah. So I want to give an Operation Superhero All right. update. Go so I'm down about six pounds. Oh great! I know it's not record setting, but uh, losing about a pound a week, pretty consistently. What are you doing? Um, well, I'm doing the kind of the same diet that I've done before, which is not a diet so much the as Pollo Loco. Well, no, nah, I mean that's just for lunch. I mean, but um, I just keep kind of high protein, and I just try and keep my calories at around twenty four, twenty five hundred, something like that. Okay. I'd have yeah. to double check, but not. But I, but then I do. Um, then I have a cheat day on Sundays where I eat whatever I want, and I eat a lot and then you know like i'm gonna get ice cream after with the kids after this but um uh the other as i do 500 calories of cardio a day six okay. days a week six six days not on cheat day so and um you know so the, the the you know the thing about this one's just keeping it simple not like doing a ton of stuff i'm just gonna wait i'm gonna lose the weight first and then i'll start lifting again what's 500 calorie what do what do you do for 500 calories of cardio Takes me about 40 minutes or so, 40, 45 minutes. And what I do is I do, I have, there's three different machines I like at the, at the gym and I jump on like, there's this sort of CrossFit trainer thing that I do for about, you know, 20 minutes. And then I do, uh, the station, the running over the bike, the recumbent bike thing for like 10, 12 minutes. Then I do like 10 minutes on the, on the elliptical. And I do interval training. So I go like, I'm getting my heart rate up pretty high. In fact, I was getting it up to almost maximum heart rate. So your eight, your, your max heart rate as a sort of rough estimate is, they say it's actually, you know, I've, I've read different things, but it really is supposed to be pretty accurate, but it's, it's 220 minus your age, mm. right? So your max heart rate should be like, you know what, 50? <laughs> <laughs> No, okay. <laughs> so no, my so my max rate I'm 52, so my max rate's 168, right? So mine's 166, right? Because I was 54 yesterday. Because I'm right. an old happy, bastard. Happy birthday! <laughs> oh happy shit! So oh um, my god, how you feeling? How you I'm feeling? feeling well. I'm I'm feeling okay actually. I'm feeling pretty good, but I no, I mean, 54 really sounds like a big number in my mind. Um, I don't feel like that. I really don't. You know, I just I just feel like my thirty year old self. It's really weird. Yeah, there's some article I I um I I started reading the beginning of it, haven't finished it, but like how what what age people think they're at. Like there's yeah. like this 
it's like it's typically twenty. Once you're over forty, it's typically twenty percent less than whatever your age is, or something on average. And like, like this one woman asked her mom, mom or mother-in-law, how old she was in her head, and she's like forty-six. She's like seventy-two or something like that. You know, it's like, um, which is an interesting, interesting thing, right? You kind of so you feel like you're how old? I mean, thirty-five. Like you know, I mean, thirty. I mean, it's just I just don't feel any different to. When I just first started, you know, <laughs> in tech. <laughs> so you don't feel any different or... I mean, I, I, I know more stuff, but, you know, I feel... I've, I feel, you know, super optimistic. I just feel like there's less time, you know? that's I'm just like, I'm just like, shit, I better do something successful soon <laughs> because it's like, shit, 54 is a big number, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, that's get That's, that's... Oh. And I, rem- I remember when, like, the first time I ever th- really felt age was when I hit uh, 25. Because when I hit 25, I'm like, shit, 25, that's just 10 from 35. 35 is just 10 from 45. And it's like, then it's just downhill from there. Um, so I, it's always been like a little thing in the back of my mind, you know, God, you're just getting older, getting older. Well, I think everybody, everybody like, feels that. Everybody feels has that. the same thoughts like every but, day. But I don't feel, I mean, I feel like a young person like a, mentally speaking and i how do you feel physically I, uh, physically I, I mean okay you know not particularly great <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know in my mind i mean i'm i'm like happy to take on a new technology or you know solve new problems i'm seriously considering math academy in fact um this math this i posted uh, you know in 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 kind of supporting what you'd posted about about the, the the discussion we just had about how they're sort of squashing math. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I posted, let me just find my notes. Uh, basically, fifth grade students exam question has left adults stumped. Right, yeah, you solved it using some I solved it coding. using coding, you know, basically the way that I do math with coding, which right. is like convert everything into like between zero and one and just like do the math on it. Um, but it was cool to see then Ad- Adam went ahead and did it like the cool way, you know. And I'm well, like, Adam oh, has like a degree in physics, right? Like he's <laughs> he's pretty mathematically sophisticated. I mean, he's I can't remember. He's doing like our math machine learning course or something like that. So, I mean, I had him on the sh- uh, did a I was doing an open office hours thing, and he was on it with another guy who has a degree in physics from Caltech, and those guys were, you know, they're they're very. Very mathematical, right? But I, so. I want to do that kind of stuff. I want to, I want to be able to like do math where you write like those complicated and it looks like Little a beautiful mind kind of thing. Yeah, it's cool. It is. It's neat. Um, well, yeah, we can. We but can I help mean, you. starting at fourth grade, it would have to like be. I, I know that it would be a long time before I could get there, but I'm just. You can get pretty there pretty quickly with Math Academy. I mean, I'm just curious. Like, how much would I need to do a day? Like, could well, we I can do, tell you like, exactly. You take a diagnostic, and we can tell you exactly how long it would take. Okay, but I mean, even your diagnostic isn't going to know how bad I am. Yeah, like well, di- I don't know exactly it's, how it's, bad. It's, it, yeah, basically, well, if, it, if it does its job right, it's going to say, back to the start. No, <laughs> Lesson one. You're not as bad as you think you are. It, it'll, <laughs> But you know, it's funny, we had that fourth grader jump on, and he's did like 400 XP in like a couple days. He, That's crazy. He, he changed his, um, he told his older sister, who's one of our earlier customers who just crushed it who's like a eighth grader who started out last year with pre-algebra and is now is done with calculus abc calculus ap 
calculus BC, right? And her dad was like, I, I you know, I had to sign her his son up, and there was a, something screwed up with the with the registration. And I had to kind of intervene and do something, and and I said, well, what? I said I had to ask it because I was doing it manually, and it, there wasn't a place in the form. Where I said, well, what's the reason? Is it? And I showed him this list of options. He says, needs a faster pace. Also, pressure from sister. <laughs> <laughs> pressure from sister. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> that was great. And then so it so that she emails me. She had emailed me from a uh, about a content error. And then I replied to that. And she's like, oh, my little brother loves it. And I said, yeah, we were all amazed. He did like 28 lessons in a single day or something. And she's like, yeah, he's, he's, I said, don't push him too hard. <laughs> she's like, I'm not, he did it all on his own. And he said that he now likes math better than Roblox. I was that's like, crazy. I was like, that's amazing. Um, and I mean, this kid is going to finish, you know, like half a year of math in a couple of weeks. I mean, it's like just amazing. But, well, uh, you know, um, so, that that uh, thing that link that I posted, um, and then I brute forced the answer, and then I said, you know, is it is the answer forty eight? And then Adam Z's like, yes, it is, and this is how I would do it. And then Alex came in and broke down. Well, this is how we teach it in Math Academy, and that was so awesome. Like he just mm. broke it out, you know, the reasons, the way that he would do it. Very cool. Yeah, Very Alex cool. is really really good at uh, the pedagogy and breaking things down. I mean, he's I mean, literally wrote every lesson from fourth grade through all the university abstract algebra, everything like through our, our system of breaking these down into steps and scaffolding everything. And yeah, I mean, he was a That's tutor. Cool. He was a tutor all, uh, for a number of years as well as teaching at the university level. So he had a lot of experience, personal experience teaching, but then having, you know, kind of built out the curriculum, he really knows how to explain this stuff. I saw you added JR links. I did. To the, well, I was like, you know, I had to, I was like, you know, I have all these things that I've watched, primarily things that I've like watched or listened to. And I was like, you know, if I just put these in links, it's just going to dominate that people, it's just to be too much, right? Like, I think that's more of a shared space. Every once in a while. This is links and link. stuff. Yeah, I've, I've been, I've been putting all my stuff in links and stuff instead of JV links, but I should actually go back to putting them in JV links. And I didn't want to dump them in JV links. So I said, well, I put <laughs> them in JR links. You should have put them I was thinking I would create J, JR musings. <laughs> you should do JR musing. You should just do. Just right next to Dave. But I was like. You should do JR musing. I was like, and, yeah. thinking I'm just being a smart ass. But yeah. Um, yeah, I figured I just, you know, because occasionally you have some stuff that's like fun to watch or fun, you know, good and good podcasts or whatever. Yeah, no, that's good. because It's better because like a, a lot of stuff that you mentioned, I don't really you know, get a chance to look at it and I don't take note of it. Um, but I, but it sounds interesting to me. So it would be cool if you just continued to do that because, you know, now I can go and look at like that, that I survived the impossible, like that. That guy, kind of this is a guy me. who was in it. Yeah. The guy was on a, on a supersonic, he was flying like an F-18 and it got out of control and he had to eject and he was going at like Mach 1.1 or something like that. He's like the only person to ever survive a supersonic ejection from a jet. I mean, it just ripped his body apart. I mean, like broke his arms, broke his legs, broke his neck, broke. I mean, he's in he's in the middle of the ocean. I mean, and that was not that was just the start of it. It was unbelievable that this guy survived. No, he's starving. He's like ultra marathons now. So I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> 
I mean, is it after having a broken neck? Yeah, something. I'm I'm telling you, it is like one of the most incredible. You gotta watch that one. It's it's it is. I just uh, it was amazing. I mean, if you think like you're you have a hard struggle, and this is like, dude, dude, our lives are so easy. Our problems are so small. Our struggles are so nothing. Yeah, coming back from something like that. I mean, the doctors are like, you're never gonna walk again. You're never gonna do skin. And he's like, screw that. Jesus, screw that. That's crazy. It was un- so. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a must listen. I think. A Hikaru Nakamura. Yeah, so I guess he's like uh, the most popular chess streamer or something. I think he's like the, I think they call it like Blitz Chess Champion. We have like you have to. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, he was it was a Lex Friedman interview, and I listen to those sometimes. Um, Lex the Lex Friedman interviews and. Uh, Actually, I was I was eating my breakfast one morning, and and I watch I tend to watch YouTube. I'm eating breakfast now because they're short, because I can watch something right, for yeah. 15 minutes and I'm like done. And um, I think I don't. I was like, all right, what the hell? I'll watch this one. And uh, I like I was like sitting there eating. I was like half hour, 40 minutes together. Got when got went by. I'm like, Jesus, I got to get to work. I'm sitting here like watching this thing, but it was pretty good. I mean, he he was talking about playing, uh, you know, Magnus Carlson and. You know thoughts on that and chess. I mean, it's very, it's good. It was really good. It was it was interesting. He was talking about how nowadays, well, back, you know, in early, or I guess in early aughts and before that, like when you would play in a tournament, chess tournament or chess match, competitive chess match with somebody. Afterwards, you would usually can spend some time with the other person analyzing the game together. Hmm. You did this and why this and I could have done that and just kind of breaking it down and trying to learn from each other hmm. and from the situation he's like now nobody does that because they just go home and play the game on, on again on the computer and, they, and the stockfish engine compute chess engine basically tells them you know hmm. what was the optimal that's, move yeah so and he said so that's gone which he said which is a sh- little bit of a shame but but what was yeah. interesting what he said with I, what i took away from that for myself i said you know the stockfish en- engine can tell you what the optimal move is but i can't tell you why it doesn't really explain it yeah is what he was saying and i was telling justin i said well the great thing about our system is our things has complete explainability we can explain why you're being given this task we're not doing it currently but i said that's a real advantage if we can go step by step you're doing this for this reason it's gonna you know and very specifically in the context you're getting this review because it counts as a review this and this this and that da, da, and it's gonna open up all these other things it can go through all that explanation which i think is really cool and is not really the case with most sort of artificially intelligent models. so you already do that or you are going to do we that? we have the capability of doing that the engine the model the engine knows knows yeah. i just you know it's 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 that's like justin has done that it's You're just in, not exposing now it's in it. my ball court where I got all right create, add that to the UI where I kind of yeah. say okay so how we want to how we want to show this but I was just thinking like that's actually really cool because you know we have this kind of magical thing that's like giving you learning tasks and you're just like okay I guess I'll just do these things but no one's explaining why and like it would also be cool well, for the tutor like for tutors cool for tutors I mean cool for students I mean it's like you know if you like imagine you're working out with your trainer. And your trainer says, okay, Justin, um, you know, you could do these uh, squats or you could do some, you know, like, well, you'd be like, well, why? You're like, okay, well, Justin, so we need to strengthen your core and we're cranking your legs and you you did legs four days ago and this, and he would go through the whole thing and you'd be like, oh, makes sense, right? Okay, cool, great. And you're like, and if you do this, we will, then we can build this other thing, which will allow you to do this. And you'd be like, got it, that's cool. And a lot of people 
are really interested in knowing why. Some people are like, I don't care, man. Just like, whatever. I just want to get through this and I know it's going to get me to where I want to go eventually, so I'll just do it. But I think a lot of people appreciate there's a certain amount of people who would always be interested in the explanation, or almost always, but a lot of people would know, be interested in the fact just that they can get the explanation when they want it. Like sometimes yeah. I'd be like, I don't know, I'm just going to do this. Sometimes I'd be like, wait, why are they doing this? Oh, I get it. Oh, that's cool. You know, mm-hmm. and it was that same thing. Like we were on the on the on the Math Academy Discord, where Sir Posny said, "Why do I don't want to learn these secant arc secant stuff?" And 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 Alex says, "Well, actually, you know, here's why. Here's where it's really useful." So it's, sometimes just a little bit more explanation yeah. can really make a difference in somebody's willingness to do something. Yeah. Sorry, that's cool. about Math Academy again, but that no, was my big Math takeaway. Academy again. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay. So just uh, just before we go, just a quick update on. Um, on PlayStrong, great. So, yeah. So, play, so, so, okay. so PlayStrong um, is uh, so I'm I'm still working on it, um, but you know, I don't want to be building platforms again. I've built learning platforms so much time. I don't want to be building CMS systems. I really want to take the approach with with this, where I'm using I'm buying, not building, and so that means that I'm using. Uh, I've decided I'm using WordPress. I don't know if I already told you I'm using WordPress. I'm using Learn Dash on WordPress, and Learn Dash is a uh, an LMS system, but then also you can plug in other things into WordPress, like a marketing site, way to do pages. And I found a guy. Uh, I'm doing that screen check. Like when I, of course, I tried to use it. And I'm like, oh my god, this is so difficult. I don't mm-hmm. understand how to do this. I don't know what to do. This is the right tool to use, but it's like a pain in my ass uh, to get it to work in all the different ways. Because you, you know, it's that last twenty percent. So I found a guy who just does this. He's he does this, and in fact, he does it for a couple of people. Who teach uh, in the uh, play therapy adjacent tangent space? Mm-hmm. So um, people like Georgie training people to work with kids, not play therapy, but other things, and you know some really big sites. And so it's um, you know uh, eighty-five bucks an hour um, consulting, screen sharing. He's happy to mentor me to do it, and I've, I figure like you know probably like ten, twenty hours worth of time uh, just working with him. F- firstly, to just like help me just press on and move forward with it <laughs> and secondly just to just to set it up the right way from the get-go you know because he's like okay you want to use woocommerce you want to use this plugin you want to do this you know and it's it's so, just, yeah, so much time yeah, yeah just just so much time you know it it uh it's funny you bring that up because i uh one of one of the one of the people who wanted to sign up was from india but because card kept getting rejected, and the reason is in India they have like it's to like a two-factor authentication kind of thing, okay. With their bank, I'm not exactly sure how it works, but I guess their bank does some kind of, you know, I don't know, you text or put in a code or something like that, um, which isn't natively supported by Stripe. I mean, Stripe supports it, but you got to do a bunch of other stuff. And so Sandy's like, "Well, can you do this?" And I was just like, oh. "So I was like, oh yeah, sure." And then I started reading through documentation. I'm like, "Oh my god, like this is a nightmare." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, you get an iframe, you do this, and you got to check that." And then it's just it wasn't like just sending a couple of parameters or something and adding one form field. It's just you know because then you have these e mandates where it's like every time you're going to recharge them, they have to get a a, a thing that cut, they get received some like an email like a day two days before that tells them, and you know that has to be all come through Stripe and. I looked at it, I was just like, so I went on Upwork and I wrote a post and I got a few people who were like, oh yeah, I've implemented 3D Secure and e-mandates and I just did that for whatever. And they're like 75 bucks an hour or something like that. And I'm like, that, that is the solution. I mean, because this is the kind of thing that could just eat up a huge amount of time. 
yeah and still not work we and we don't need to know that we don't need to really know that the the ins, ins and outs of that stuff i don't really you know? care i mean i'll work yeah. with him on it and so I, i'll eventually i'll, I'll learn I'll, I'll be we'll the know one, it but, but you know but it's like i don't it's need not like, i need to accelerate the learning process i'm willing yeah. to trade money for time <laughs> we, we don't need to go through the very slow brute force path of trying lots of little experiments failing and then gradually getting to the solution <laughs> yeah well because this is just... the kind of thing that's so <laughs> tedious and so boring that it keeps you from doing other things because you keep you have a hard time doing it because it's so boring and then you like lose a week or two weeks because you've been just futzing around with this thing meanwhile it's like hey jason did you get the whole diagnostic it's like no i was working on the 3d secure thing it's like <laughs> that's like a bad yeah. answer like you know you could have got on with someone who's 7500 bucks an hour and three four or five hours later it's done like what do you do? Knock it out. Yeah. So I'm I'm a huge fan of. So I I recommend that for people if 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 there's something that's really technical, some you're not familiar with, go on Upwork and just hire someone to screen share with you, and by the hour. You, know. you really have to write screen share because I've had a couple of experiences now where I've brought these people on, and they're like really pissed off that I'm I want to do a screen share. So I've I've just spoke about the session, you know, the problem. And I've hired them, and then they're like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that with you. Like, I just work on my own. Yeah. So you kind of need to to frame it, you know, what, what, what yeah, you Yeah, that's want. what I do. I say, look, I'm an experienced developer. I'd like to do a screen share session where you could kind of walk me through this in the code. We could set this up. And, yeah, as I, I did yeah. that one other time with, um, you know, we were, the subscri- we were setting up some of the subscription stuff with yeah. um, Stripe and this guy, his name is Derek. And uh, we had a great time. I mean, it was really fun, actually. I was like, he, I was actually, I'm, I'm, I, I'm trying to decide. He was like, I haven't really done this before. So I don't want to waste your money, but I'd be happy, willing to, you know, help you work with you on it. And I was kind of like, it's really fun working with Derek. I mean, <laughs> it might take longer. I mean, we might be more painful because we're kind of figuring out together, but it was really fun working with him. Um, or should I oh, just... Oh, but for this new project? Yeah, or thinking, should I hire yeah. a guy who actually has done it before? He's I'm kind of weighing yeah. in my mind, you know, um, what to do. But I, that's a that's a, that's a really, um, I think, clever thing. Oh, you know, there was that thing you mentioned about, I think it was on Twitter, or I don't know, it was on Discord, about uh, Rob Walling, how he did his voice using that... Oh, the AI, yeah, yeah. The Eleven AI Labs? Voice. Yeah. Well, because he, cause he, he I, played him, I played him you uh, telling me... Uh, that I was the great guy, mm-hmm. that I was just your hero, you know, that thing that you would you would never say, and that it was, I just, for some reason, that makes me laugh every time just I hear it, it really tickles hero. me. <laughs> and I played it to Rob, and Rob was just like, just ha 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 ha, like just like capital ha, huh? that's, that's so funny, dude, how did you do that? So then I told him about it, and then he just, he just like spent a day working on it, like uploading like many, many voice versions of himself. And he really, because, I didn't realize at the time when I did yours, you can actually up, you can train it on up to 50, 50 clips, 55 minute clips. Mm-hmm. I only did one five minute clip for you and mm. it already sounded good. So he did like a lot of clips and he got his sounding really good. I and would he, never, <laughs> I would, I would never have noticed that it wasn't him. It was a, per, it was, it was perfect. So, so, so then I, then I suggested to him, I said, Hey dude, why don't you do that prank? on on your show like the old prank where where you on the odds phone where you'd you'd you record a message to say hello hello i can't hear you hello hello (laughs) (laughs) oh oh just kidding it's it's you know leave a message so i was saying do something like that at the beginning of the show and he's like yeah that would be funny so he did it and and uh and he's, he's he does the intro and then he says oh by the way did you notice something weird about my voice 
uh, this is not the real Rob Walling. This is a bot. With the real world, and by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, the startups to the rest of us yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, it was gr- it was great, and I know Rob, right? I mean, this is like, it's, I mean, I know Rob really well, so it's not, um, you know, it, it'd be easier to fool fool you if it was somebody he only kind of knew, right? He yeah, had met and had spent time with in person. Um, but you know, it's it's kind of amazing if you put this together with Chat GTP. Yeah. Right, and. So somebody, so so you have generated content, and then you have generated voice, right? You yeah. have like a podcast, like you literally could generate an entire podcast, and you can actually have. That's what I said to you. Yeah, it, it did, but then you also have the generated um, video, like of of people. Oh, you can do that. Well, that's they right. could I, well, do. They, they could do yeah. faces. They do people like they had this. I guess I saw something about some woman who who had like a younger version of herself and it looked like her, it looked like she was yeah. 30 years younger and really pretty. And everybody got really kind of pissed when they found out that really wasn't her. And so yeah. it's not going to be long before you could train a video representation of you and not just you, yeah. but maybe a you 20 years ago. That's what I said. I said like, oh, so, so yeah. we'll be able to make the texting right. that goes on forever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> it's going to be like the voice technology and all that stuff, but it does a terrible, I uploaded, 40 clips of me it's and so it just still sounds like an american guy and it's just totally wrong you know just, really like it just doesn't know how to do it, it it's all it's obviously all the parameters are trained for american just american speakers. accent Do, yeah it doesn't know how to do a British. different okay yeah. well so it's I'm not sure ready that, for, that's, that's not, yeah. not going to be far off yeah but that's that's just amazing anyway the, the yeah, that was good. Getting it's funny. Well, you have a hard stop, right? We're actually over the hard stop. Are we okay? Are very, you, very over the hard you in, stop. Are you We've, in trouble? We drove a we drove a truck right through that hard stop. Uh oh, you're gonna <laughs> you gonna catch a beating? <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. Okay. I think I'll be all right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, in terms of shows, can we do a real quick show thing? Sure. So, we, last thing, and then we'll go. Yeah, I've been watching um, the Last of Us with uh, oh, with the kids. Okay. Sandy is not interested, but um, my youngest, Airely, was really wanted to watch. So watch it. It's pretty good. I get it. It's, it's pre- I get it's good. I the first one, I was kind of like, I don't know, you know, it's little. What's it? What's it about? Well, it's a video game called The Last of Us. It's like a zombie apocalypse kind of thing. Okay. But instead of like your standard zombie, it's like um, it's like a fungal infection, and so like oh. this fungus takes over their whole head, and it's really gross. And <laughs> and um, it's all based on that concept. And um, yeah. Oh, because of the ants, because of the controlling the, that the fungus that the, takes the, the fungus ant. that controls the ants. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um. And right, I think they actually use that in an explanation in the intro. They talk a little bit about that. Um, they kill. They they kill each other from within. Like once yeah. they're inside the nest and they're infected with the fungus, they go around killing all the other ants. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. And, and, how, and that, how could that have fucking evolved? I don't understand. It's, it's amazing. That is bizarre. So there's one, and I guess the in the in the intro they played this clip of that, and then I think a couple of scientists talking about it, and it was like it was supposed to be a clip from like the 70s, and they said, well, what happens if there was like a fungus infection? And they're like just kind of like we don't know because we don't know we could fight bacteria, we could fight viruses, fungus, and they're just like we have no we have no defense against that, and um and that was the kind of like the the setup for the show, like oh crap, right? But I think one of them they showed the ant, the ant of taking over the ant. But the other thing it was taking over the ant, and it would did it in a way that controlled it to go back to the nest of the ants and infect the queen. But normally, what would happen is 
the ants can detect the fungus infection, and the two ants, two like the like the warrior ants, would take the worker ant off, and it would and kill it, and then they themselves like would commit suicide. But then the fungus mm. involved, like it would control the ant, and the ant could go into the nest and infect the queen and everything. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, but uh, it's freaky stuff. So anyway, I, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good. I mean, that's it's a good show. That's it's uh, the Last of Us is good, and uh, we've been also watching Shrinking. Have you heard of that one? Yeah, Shrinking is a good show. That's pretty yeah, good. That's I get funny. it. I don't like it as much as get Harrison Ford. Um, yeah, he's he's like your yeah. your crotchety old. You know, psychologist, and uh, he's it's good though. Yeah, do you have any shows? I've been watching um, my usual teenage drama stuff, <laughs> um, which is what uh, Wolfpack, um, which is a show with uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar and just a bunch of teenagers, um, uh, like gradually becoming werewolves. Hmm. And uh, okay, it's it's uh, uh, i'm sure you'd think it was absolutely terrible but i've quite enjoyed it that's your genre um it's there's a new i I don't know if it's new but like teenage shows now um they have they're so they have so much kind of serious angst in them as well as the humor so they'll have the humor but they also have the angst right like they're just more they're more they're more like you know that vibe of 24 you know, mm-hmm. it's almost like they've got this like serious vibe, but it's also a teenage show, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Outer Banks was another one that I yeah, watched. Yeah, well, that's I was I was going to mention that to you because that early, you know, you and my fifteen uh, year old daughter have the same taste apparently. <laughs> she's <laughs> because that's she's been binging Outer Watch season three all day today, much <laughs> to Sandy's chagrin. Sandy, I'm like, why? I can I walk because they're out in the living room watching. It was like the third. I mean, I, every time I'd walk up to refill my coffee, I'm listening. I'm like, it's like it's it's just a tinge of um of uh what's what was that one with Harrison Ford, um Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's just a, t- it's like a tinge that of Raiders of the Lost Ark, like mixed plus with teenage blood, blood Bloodline. Have you seen Bloodline? Oh right, yeah, yeah little, that kind of stuff. A little bit yeah. like Bloodline, but um, which Sandy liked to a degree. Then she got sick of it. But it was funny. I walked out there and I'm like, Early, why are you torturing your mom with this? <laughs> like, I'm like, why are you watching this in the kid cave? She's like, well, I couldn't find the remote. And I'm like, <laughs> and Sandy's like, yeah, I can, I can barely take it. <laughs> so, but I mean, it's it's okay. I I was watching. I watched like an episode or two this morning with her a little bit. Or while I was kind of eating breakfast and stuff. But like, okay. I, I think I've told you this before. Like, so Wolfpack, because it's good, I'll watch all of it. But um, Outer Banks, I will just fast forward to the characters I like. And I'll just like really? keep on skipping. I'll just skip, skip, skip. So I can get through the whole thing really quick. I have, I'll do three I've never three heard seasons. of that. I have never. Oh, I, that I told is, you that. I, I did tell you that. You yeah, told I'll me just, that? Yeah, I told you that like um, probably a couple of years ago. That, no, but like, I, yeah, I'll just, I just like skip it. Because... <laughs> Would you find that really hard to do? Well, I mean, it's it's amazing. You know, you hear people listening to podcasts on 2X or 3X. Remember, we start hearing people doing like that. It's so yeah, weird. Yeah. I would never. It's like, oh, I watch my TV shows at 3X. Sorry, I actually skip no, all parts. Because like, the reason why is because these shows, they're, they're not all equal. There's characters who are just fucking boring. Like, I just don't want to watch the boring shit story that's just, it's clearly there for filler. It's just like a side plot that doesn't carry the main plot. And and you know how that like they, they flip back between the plots. Mm-hmm. And when yeah. you get to this subplot that's not the main plot, that doesn't matter, these annoying characters, it's just like, oh my God, this is going to give me like... Which is a side plot is, you don't like? Which one is it? Just any... Uh, whatever it Rafe is. Rafe and mean, his dad or... The guy no, with the which, cr- one, which one? Which one? No, like, like 
like the 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 okay like for example in that show yeah, that's um, what i mean which one the woman with the walking stick like i just i just don't want to watch any scenes that she in it's just boring right <laughs> no nope, got no walking sticks just it is anti-walking <laughs> no, it's not about stick. that it's not about that it's just like you know but that's that, like the dad know. rafe's dad has a walking stick you don't mind his walking? No, he is a cane <laughs> that's fine that's fine canes are fine um, walking sticks are are out canes are in that, are out. that um the the rafe as as a character is um that's a great. It's very similar. I think it's it, it's it's modeled on the Green Mile character. Like the green, remember the Green Mile, that bad that bad guy. He's just so you know. I never twisted. saw the green, the green Mile. Oh, you should see that man. The 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 character's just so twisted. It almost makes you uncomfortable to watch how evil he is. Mm-hmm. Rafe is kind of like verging on that territory. Mm. He's just like this crazy crazy guy. <laughs> so funny. yeah, no, I don't skip his stuff because he's kind of he's interesting to watch. You know. You know, it's funny. I was thinking. Uh, you know, when I was talking. Talking to Ari about it when, and I think I mentioned this when we went down to Cancun for her um, gymnastics competition, and she was talking about one of the things she loved being down there because we were in an all-inclusive resort and it was completely safe, so the kids were free to run around and do whatever they wanted. Right. And she's oh, like, yeah, "I always imagine it just like on the show Outer Banks, because these kids are running around on boats, searching for treasures, getting in all kind of trouble." And she's like, "Oh my god, that's so amazing, right?" And, um, and that's one of the, that's one of the sad things about, um, life today for kids is they just don't get that kind of freedom that we had in the seventies and eighties where it was just before anyone cared. (laughs) Yeah. Before everybody watched like all the Dateline specials about all the pedophiles and psychopath killers, everybody thought, oh, it's safe. You know, and so we'd, you know, get on our bikes and take off for miles and not show up until eight hours later, you know, and, um, you know, in, in the modern world, it's a hard life being a crazy killer or a pedophile. It's just much, much harder. Yeah, well, DNA and stuff is a little hard. You got to be a little more on your game, I guess. <laughs> kids are Which kids is, are uh, being heavily monitored. And I'm glad, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you'll you'll be the same way with Jack, right? I mean, he's not good. You're not. Oh, oh, yeah, you kidding? It's, like, it's, we're it's, totally, I, you know, the thing is, like, we're out the front door. Yeah, that's and that's the problem. You know, where we've all we've yeah. all kind of, I I, I think. Um, it isn't as unsafe as we think it is, but we've all just scared ourselves to death as parents having seen all these things. And the yeah. it's like the the probabilities are much lower in actuality than they are in our heads, but you just can't do it, right? You just yeah. can't. You're just like, nope, I'm not. I'm, I'm really careful on uh, Roblox, listen to all the conversations that he's having, you know, seeing, yeah, you know, seeing what's going on like that. I don't want any new... new new long-term friends being created like just i don't know who this person is it could be another kid it could be some yeah yeah it's kind of freaky kind of freaky all right well with on that very high note wait no we can't leave on that that's a low that's that's i don't want to leave come on (laughs) okay well say something funny man (laughs) say something funny you know it's funny i do i say that to my daughter izzy because she is so funny and i'm like make me laugh clown She just gives me the evil look, you know, because she's she just so yeah, she's so funny. Like, make me laugh, Izzy. Come on, give me what do you got? She's like, I don't have anything. And sure enough, she says she got some. She'll she'll come out with some smart remarks. Just let just get me quiet for about two minutes. And she's like, All right, I have a question. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, that's funny. All right, um, that's a wrap. We're out.